He's the critic. He's the comic. And that's the gimmick. It's the Dare Daniel Podcast, where film critic Daniel Barnes and comedian Cork McDonald do your dirty work by watching the worst movies imaginable. Know of a movie so bad you have to share it? A film with a bad rap you've always been curious about? An underrated bit of cinema you'd love to hear discussed? Or are you a great big fat person? Whatever the case, we happily accept your most sadistic or altruistic dares. Every Tuesday, we release a full-length episode of Cinematic Stunt Work. And every Thursday, an action-packed mini-episode featuring previews, general movie discussion, and your movie dares, plus beer. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, our website, daredanu.com, and anywhere fine podcasts are burnished and proffered. And make sure to check out our sister pods, Serious Talk Seriously and Graphic Novel Explorers Club, for more quality Sacramento podcasts. St. Paul Filmcast. I'm the host, Nick Palatichuk, and with me is Kim Hermes. She's a model, actress. Um, chances are, if you live in the Twin Cities area and you've watched TV, you've probably seen her on a few commercials without even noticing it. Um, I'm happy to have her as a guest on the show. Please welcome Kim Hermes on the show. Thanks for having me, Nick. <laughs> right. Uh, we mentioned in, uh, before we got started that the guests get to dedicate it. Um, what would you like to dedicate this episode to or what? I would like to dedicate it to all the people who are increasing diversity in our local film industry. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, so Kim came on, uh, and this is a, a little bit of uh, noticing that we usually concentrate on filmmakers, but you've done a lot of other things. You do modeling um, as well as acting and being in commercials. Um, how did it all get started? It was kind of, I just kind of stumbled into it. So it's really strange. I am a registered nurse. Oh, you are? Okay. I don't, yeah. Also. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh. A few years ago, we were on strike at my hospital um, for a few months, and I was looking for other jobs to do in between that time. Um, so I got into this brand ambassador work where basically go to events and give away free things. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, the actors and models do that too. And so I got to learn more about the industry, and it sounded really cool to me. I've always needed creative outlets and it sounded like a way to do that so then I just applied to an agency and then it just kind of blossomed from there I, I do you do do you still do nursing yes I do that twice a week I'm a nurse at the mother baby center at Abbott okay so all right yeah I always worry because um my mom worked in the health profession for many years and uh-huh as somebody, and I understand if your mom's a nurse, that it's very difficult to fake sick. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure many kids, and I, I, I applaud them, but I would never ever convince my mom that I was sick. I would have to almost be on death's door to have her say, "No, you're going to school. You're fine." 
So that's uh, funny you say that because um, I used to work in cardiac prior to mother baby, and so I saw a lot of sick people. And so my husband likes to joke that when he's sick, I treat him like nothing's going on because <laughs> I've seen so much worse things. So he's like. Well, you're not being very sweet to me. I'm really sick. <laughs> I'm like, whatever, get up and <laughs> do the chores. But so, yeah, I get that. So, it, it initially, from what I saw, it sounded like you started with the modeling first. Is that right? Yeah. So, okay. um, I started getting them. So, I had no idea. Well, I guess I see it on TV, but I never really thought about how people in the Twin Cities could be models and actors. Um, so it was kind of cool to get into that. And then when I went to Agency Miles and Talent, um, Charles Hubble um, mentioned acting because a lot of the commercial work involves, you know, acting too. So yeah, yeah. Uh, he caught me interested and then um, I took some of the classes that they suggested um, and then I just really grew to love it. And so I've taken a lot of various acting classes um, in the last few years with the local uh, coaches here. And then from modeling, did it kind of organically just evolve to you doing acting? Yeah, I... Um, I also do, besides commercial modeling, I also do kind of collaboratives, like creative um, shoots with photographers who also work in the commercial industry. Oh, okay. Um, and it's, it's fun because I can explore my emotions um, through modeling. So I kind of see modeling in a way like acting too. It kind of uh, is, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, so it kind of grew from there and I, I've done a, a few short films and I wanted to do more this year, but you know, darn COVID. <laughs> right. I mean, in, in the, in the, in a home run, we would have you in studio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, with the acting and the, the modeling stuff, I, I, are you, when you get, when you get a notice that you're going to be part of it, do you like to figure out the costuming? Um, normally they figure out that, oh, you mean the creative shoots? Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of explore, um, ideas, like looking at images from Pinterest, um, to see what we want to do. And then, um, yeah, so I have this membership to, it's called Rent the Runway. So <laughs> I get access to a bunch of designer clothes, um, and I just pay a monthly fee for that. So it's kind of fun that I can just pick whatever I want to for these photo shoots. Uh, with the, the modeling, I had a wonderful person mention to me that modeling is simply being in an uncomfortable position and look like you're enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes um, it looks, it feels weird when you're doing it, but then it can look really great on camera. Yeah. It's all about, you know, angles. Uh, and then just... A lot of it, too, is just the expression that comes out of your face to create so, that mood. If I'm listening right, um, do you do photography yourself? No, I don't, actually. Okay. I've started to get interested in the idea with COVID, you know, having more time. I'm like, what else could I do? Because <laughs> I think it would be fascinating. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but 
I think it'd be fascinating oh, no. if a person that does modeling would actually be on the opposite side of the camera too and work on photography as well. I'd be think that eventually the it would just evolve that way that you'd be probably a little more interested in taking photography also. Yeah, I feel that way about um, photography and also film. I was mentioning to someone um, who's a producer the other week that I'd be interested in being a PA just so I can understand that other side a little bit better. Right. <laughs> but so much behind the scenes and you're always running around and us talent are just, you know, sitting on set <laughs> waiting for our turn. So it's, it's cool to, to see that. It's sometimes I understand being a nurse and a model that you probably feel sometimes that you're just living out of your car a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm <laughs> generally quite busy um, doing that and also – I am a mom to a five-year-old, and he keeps me very busy. <laughs> so you're not bored at all? No, I'm not bored. <laughs> so um, is there, with the um, commercials, is there one that particularly stands out the most? What was the first time you ever did a commercial? Um, gosh, I don't even remember the first one I did. Well, isn't that fascinating <laughs> because you've done so many. <laughs> Actually, there was um, to put it the most, yeah. Um, the the auto there was this auto one that I did. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. With the catchy tune, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was like one of the first bigger ones that I did. So it was a lot of fun. I like um, comedic commercials. Uh, <laughs> I just I like humor. I like being quirky, silly. You know. So that was a lot of fun to do. So if we catch you during your time watching movies, it's most likely going to be a comedy. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm weird like that. I I do love comedy, but I'm also, I don't, I don't know if you've seen my Instagram, I do tend to write a lot of dark, deep things, too. <laughs> well, yes, I noticed so that, too, yeah. I'm kind of all over the place. I just... I'm very attuned to my emotions, so whether it's like really happy and wild or sad or angry, I just you know really feel it deeply, and so I want to express it in whatever way I can. Would you ever entertain the idea to put them into one collaborative piece, like a book? Oh, like you mean writing yeah. a book? Yeah, like all your collaborative writings that you put in and put into. Oh life. yeah, um, I haven't thought about that. But that would be a good idea. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you could be a publishing author. Then, yeah, that works out well. I've, so then I could be an author, a nurse, a model, an actor, and a mom. <laughs> yes, and, be a, that's a heavy title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to say, what got you, and if I can ask, what got you interested in, in nursing to begin with? Um, I wanted, okay, so... I actually worked in corporate um, for a few years, sure. and um, I liked it, but I didn't see myself doing the whole 50-hour-a-week-at-a-desk kind of deal. Um, so I had a few friends that were nurses, and they seemed to really like it, and I wanted something that was meaningful for me, um, where I felt like I was really helping people. Um, so I went back to school for nursing, and it's been really great. I mean, there's definitely stressful days, yeah. but I think anything that's meaningful tends to be stressful sometimes. Um, so 
I enjoy it. And then it's also gave me the flexibility to hang out with my son and then eventually do all this acting and modeling too. So it's worked out. I think the the experience of working with nursing, um, that you are able to handle high stressed times. And then when you get into modeling, even though that's a very stressful environment and you have a rigorous time schedule and everything, that you're able to kind of you know, not be in a crisis mode, that you can actually handle the crisis mode, having all your years experience being a nurse. Yeah, it's um, it's a lot of multitasking with um, auditions and going on set and all these, everything's very last minute. So yeah, nursing has really helped me <laughs> in that regard. Yeah. Um, so with the acting, um, did you start with the training or did you just pop into acting then realize oh maybe I should take some classes how did it come about um I did take a class with Babs first and then I got into like you know kind of extra roles um but I'm the kind of person that just wants to get better and better at something especially if I'm passionate about it so I Took more classes with um, Bill Cooper and Michelle Hutchison. Um, The most recent two was with uh, L.J. Johnson. She's a casting director for Lynn Blumenthal. Okay. And and also with Rich Remedios. He is a certified teacher in Meisner, and that was a really wonderful experience. I learned a lot um, from him. And so... If we watch another performance, like if you watch a movie, what stands out to you the most? Is it the the costuming or the acting? What kind of pops out most? Because you have such a wide um, spectrum of different professions. Of so, when you watch a, a, a movie you know, just for fun, what comes at you first? What? Um, well, anytime an actor is really uh, makes it feel like I am in that movie where they're so authentic and natural. Yeah. Um, and I just, I really loved seeing a variety of movies for one actor and seeing how they can um, change themselves. Oh, um, yes, yeah, to, yeah. Yeah, to um, like the first one, I'm play thinking, that role. Yeah. The first, um, when you say like a one actor, I'm immediately thinking like Castaway with Tom Hanks. Oh yeah, yeah. And how you just, I haven't seen that, but I've heard about it. Yeah, the massive transformation, and then him being an island. And what would you do if you're on an island by yourself and nobody's really watching you? You probably do some silly stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and be creative. Yeah. Um, do you, with your veggie schedule, are you able to watch other films and stuff? Yeah, I mean, especially with COVID, I've been watching a lot more movies. Uh, I watched uh, Spirit Away recently. (laughs) Okay. I've never seen that one. Do you like it? Yeah. It's really magical. I like magical movies. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just have a a large imagination. So any movies that have that just off-the-wall imagination is a lot of fun. Um, I've watched... um, this is sad. I don't remember the title of the movie that just won the Oscars, but <laughs> I uh, saw that movie. Parasite. Yes, Parasite. <laughs> yes, that's I'm so bad at names. Like, I can remember how I feel about a movie, 
but I just can't remember the names of characters and titles. No, no, that that's, that'd be great because you, it would, next time we have a conversation, you can do that and I can guess movies. That's my favorite activity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. You know, I saw that one movie that everybody liked and it won a bunch of awards and, and then I would, that's enough of, <laughs> enough of a clue for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw Marriage Story. Um, so I you, watched. Yeah. So you you're able to keep up to date with your movie watching, even though you're relatively very busy. Lately, I have. I would have, you know, liked to more, but with COVID, I've just had more, a little more time to do that kind of stuff. If I can ask, what what's been like being a nurse during this uh, COVID epidemic pandemic? <sighs> Um, well, I was definitely all over the place as well as my coworkers. Um, in the beginning, it was obviously very scary and we didn't have the um, equipment to protect us very well. Um, we were just, every day it was like something different. Like today we're only going to wear um, surgical masks um, when there's a COVID patient or now we're going to wear surgical masks all the time and we don't need to wear N95s. And then they say you need to wear N95s with COVID patients. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, um, what's going on? I mean, I think everyone feels like that, actually. Okay. Um, uh, and how is it going on after that initial reaction? How is it going on now? Um, now it's a lot better. Um, we test all our mothers um, before they come in. Okay. Uh, so we test them before their C-sections, and then we test them ideally a week, within a week before their due date, um, and then they self-quarantine after that. And then um, if they didn't get tested for some reason, we'll test them um, when they get admitted to the hospital. Okay. And now we're wearing um, N95s, which makes me feel a lot better. Um, and all the other gear, like face shields, um, gowns, gloves, um, hospital scrubs, whenever we have a COVID patient or suspected COVID patient. Otherwise, we're wearing surgical masks um, and doing all the other basic um, precautions. Um, are, are you able to ha get a test yourself? I actually did get tested um a month ago, I think, you know, it was like almost two months ago, just because um, I had pink eye, which I've never gotten pink eye in my entire life. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> it was really weird. I just randomly got it. And um, it's technically a rare symptom. I, I feel like every symptom could be COVID. Um, so I just got tested just in case, but I was negative. So that was good. And can you just verify for the public? Because a lot of there's there's a lot of misinformation. What is actually uh -huh. the the test? Um, so it's just a a really long Q-tip, and they just stick it down your nose to your throat and rub for like fifteen seconds, and then that's it. It's a little uncomfortable, but it's only fifteen seconds. So. And here in Minnesota. Um, do the test results come back pretty quick? It depends. Um, when I did it, it was like five, about five days. Um, I think it was three days if you were tested positive. Um, and now they can do it from anywhere to three to 12 hours. Um, and I, I think they save those uh, ones that are three to 12 hours for ones that are more urgent. 
Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it's about three days. And I just, if we could just continue on with this, because I think it's kind of important. Um, if anybody listening in here in the um, Minnesota area and they believe they might have COVID, what are the steps do you think they should take? Um, they should just call their healthcare provider um, and they can tell them where to go. Otherwise, there is on the Minnesota Department of Health, there's um, a section on the website where you can see all the places that um, test you for COVID. So those are the things that they should do. And then they should self-quarantine until they find out um, whether they're positive or not. And I, I, if I could just share with you, um, I actually was in Florida during a spring training for baseball in March. And mm-hmm. I was actually at the last spring training game of Major League down in Florida, in Fort Myers, Minnesota. Uh, Fort Myers, Florida, watching the Minnesota Twins. And at the game, they announced this will be the last baseball game. And it was still run around the time where we didn't really suspect when we knew it was going to be a big deal, but we didn't know the urgency. And then on the flight home, they told us that all sporting events will be shut down. And then I was on the airplane that I realized that this is going to be a massive deal, that we're going to be probably fighting this for a long time. Um, yeah. How, if you just, based on your knowledge and, and being a nurse, um what do you think the future is for here in America? Um, <laughs> that's really hard to say. I think a lot of that, there's still a lot of uncertainty with it. Yeah. Um, so I, I always feel like just taking it one day at a time and um, doing the best we can, you know, like wearing masks in public and um, yeah. washing your hands and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. What's going to happen? They're, they're saying there's potentially a second wave in the fall. And that could be, especially if there's the flu, too, that's going to make it complicated for hospitals. Um, but fortunately, they've had some time to figure things out and um, get more space and equipment to handle that. So when you when you go to a, a, a film shoot, like a modeling shoot, are you the one that's uh, really enforcing the protocols, too? Um, it's it's not really my place. Everyone has been really good though about oh, good. Um, yeah about wearing masks. Like all the crew um, have been wearing masks, and uh, uh, especially with Best Buy when I did that one, um, they had us take a test um, beforehand, asking us about our symptoms, um, and then everyone had like hand sanitizer and masks and um, just asked us if we were comfortable doing this or that. So, yeah, people are pretty good about it. So you did a commercial for Best Buy? Um, It was just like a B-roll. So they have a lot of internal stuff where the CEO um, or other people talk and they need to show um, different B-roll. So, yeah, I did that. If anybody is not in, you know, outside of B-roll is not like uh, the A things that get kicked out. It's more like internal I mean, sometimes B-roll can be used for external stuff, but I think this one was mainly internal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> I just do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, is anybody, uh, especially me, I'd be an outsider looking in, um, a photo, m- typical model photo shoot, how long does it usually last? Um, it can vary. It can be anywhere from one to four hours. 
Um, so yeah, it'll it just all depends. Um, and, and if you were somebody else who was out there listening that's wanting to be a, a model, um, what kind of steps do you want to do? You want to actually be careful and be cautious, but what kind of steps do you want to do if you're interested? Um, well, definitely if you uh, want to get paid for it, <laughs> right. yeah. uh, you also have to look at like what kind of market you're interested in. If you're like a young 18 year old who's tall and wants to get into like high fashion um minneapolis isn't probably the place for you um you can definitely get a start in it by going through agencies um but then eventually you'd want to move um to larger cities like chicago or new york um but uh minneapolis is great for commercial modeling um and a lot of it is just honestly about the look that the agencies need yeah um so if you so just i would say just keep applying every um six months is what they say because a lot of times there's openings because people leave or they stop modeling and then they need someone with your look so (laughs) doing that and then also getting um you don't necessarily need a professional headshot right away um eventually you'll want one okay um but just having one where you're like smiling and, um, you know, happy <laughs> is that's what a lot of commercial modeling is. Um, it's helpful. Are you still, uh, are, are you comfortable seeing yourself in pictures? Um, yes, but I'm also found that I'm much more critical now <laughs> of myself, yeah, unfortunately. Well, well, we're all human, part- right? You're more critical of yourself than anybody else will be. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. I'll probably notice like, um, well, normally they're good about airbrushing any pimples, but <laughs> I'll get nervous about, you know, oh no, I have a pimple on my face, but it's so little that probably other people wouldn't notice. So that kind of stuff, but. So you're, if you, if you come across like you're on, on a commercial, you're, you're still kind of comfortable. You, you don't, you can, you, you're totally fine seeing yourself on the screen. Yeah, I feel fine. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm not, I'm a different character. It's not me. You know what I mean? Yes, many people have stated this before, how they can watch a movie and they can be in it, but they don't see themselves that that is me. That's something, like it's almost objective, like they're looking through a lens and it's not really them. Yeah, so then I don't feel like, oh, everyone's judging me. They're judging this character that i'm playing (laughs) yeah so it's i think it's kind of weird that if especially when you do modeling for commercial and and then you're just going about your daily life and all of a sudden you see your picture next to like a brochure or something like that it's still kind of a little bit of a shock still yeah i mean a little it's fun to me to see that it's just it's cool because i knew there was so much work that went into it um the whole process of setting it up. Um, there's just a lot that goes into it that I don't never realized before I did it. And so it's fun to actually see the final product whenever I get a chance to do that. So, um, and it's before we start recording, I just looked up a little bit of your little bio and I understand that you are a first generation Vietnamese. Yes, I am. Yes. Have you ever been back to Vietnam? Yeah, I um, went to Vietnam 
when I was in college. Um, I did a study abroad program. It was my first time ever traveling out of the country. Um, And I went to China and Thailand and Vietnam for five and a half months. Okay, so this is yeah, this is a this is heavy <laughs> for your first time. Is you're gonna really go all out? Yes. Yes, <laughs> I tend to do that. I just throw myself in there, but um, it was very cool. Um, and I actually wrote a post recently about this on my Instagram. But um, I've always had issues with my identity as being Vietnamese and Asian. Um, growing up in Minnesota, yeah, there um, wasn't a lot of Vietnamese um, really wasn't any in my school and then on TV you never see any Asians at the time and so I didn't yeah what was it like sorry go ahead well you explain how you feel like you're the only one out of in this environment and you don't see anybody that really like relates to you but then you go to different countries where it's the massive population Um, what was it like because it almost doesn't feel like you're not a stranger anymore had to be kind of a little bit like that well, in a way, I felt it was really cool. Yeah. The country is beautiful, and it was fun seeing people that looked similar to me and <laughs> like <laughs> um, spoke Vietnamese. But also, I, I did, in a way, feel like a stranger because I wasn't part of their culture. Um, right. It's almost a little. So it was like, kind yeah. of that weird place. Yeah. Um. So what it was like to go, I mean, to see, actually see it in Vietnam? What was it like to experience it? Um, where did you actually go? Uh, what did you say? What, did you, what actually uh, spots did you see? Yeah, so we traveled all, so it was a group of us, um, and it was led by a professor. There was like 12 of us. So we okay. started up uh, in North Vietnam, so Hanoi, and we just made our way down. Um, we... We're in Halong Bay, Da Nang, um, and then Ho Chi Minh City. So we were everywhere. It was pretty cool. Would you ever want to go back? I do. I would someday like to go back with my husband and son so they can experience that. And I feel like I'm sure it's very different now than when I went because that was like... Um, years ago, yeah, <laughs> eighteen years ago. Okay. So, everyone knows my age now. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you can you speak a little bit of Vietnamese? Yeah, I speak some Vietnamese. It's not um, perfect; it's more broken. Um, but yeah, I do. Oh, okay, all right. Um, and then because it, it is something like you learn from. Is that what's like spoke at your house? Yeah. So um, my parents. Especially my mom. She knows some English, but she speaks more Vietnamese. So I speak Vietnamese with her. <clears throat> and then my dad, it kind of, it's interesting. We kind of switch back and forth. <laughs> All, right. So. All right. Do you guys have uh, authentic dishes you still make? Um, I have to admit, I do not cook. <laughs> very oh, all right. My husband cooks, so that's great. But um my mom is an amazing cook, actually, and she was um, a cook at a restaurant, a Vietnamese restaurant. Oh, really? Yeah, so she makes um, amazing dishes, so I come home often for that, <laughs> and do them, of course. But I'm, I think I, I've heard from many people <laughs> that I'm missing out, that I have never had authentic Vietnamese food. 
Are you serious? I've never had it. You have to try it. I know. I'm too. Yeah, I have to try it. I think I'm a person that's going to show me the way too. Yeah. When when can I come over to your parents' house? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, at any time, once it's um, gone. But <laughs> but I will tell you some great Vietnamese restaurants. Um, Pho yes, 79 please. on Lake Street in Minneapolis, the Eat Street area. I think really the, good. Could you say that again? I think the microphone popped. What, what was that again? Oh, um, it's called Pho 79, so P-H-O 79. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, I know where that is. On Lake Street. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you and have? Then, do you have a favorite Vietnamese dish that you prefer? Um, I do actually really love pho. Um, and then I like bun sale. It's a yellow fried pancake that has um, shrimp and pork and other ingredients in it. Okay, it's good that everybody's going to listen. Hopefully, I'm going to put a warning in there. Everybody should listen after they eat because you're making me hungry. <laughs> yes. I know, that's very, the food is very fresh um, and just delicious. <laughs> but I'm biased, I guess. So I always say that now that I'm getting a little bit older, that traveling is all about eating. So I have to eventually, if I ever get my chance, opportunity to go to Vietnam, I would definitely probably be because of the food. Yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so uh, does it... Um, translate to acting um when you're looking for a specific thing or the people do you have any experience that was when you do modeling that sometimes you encounter that people oh you don't have to look for it or somebody like well we didn't think about it but since you you have to look with or something like that have you ever encountered something a situation like that um well in the commercial industry it's all about stereotypes <laughs> kind of is isn't it yeah. Um, I, was I was trying to avoid the word, but yes, it's kind of like. <laughs> so it's, it's complicated. Um, recently, I feel like it's hard for me to take any roles that are um, too stereotypical now. Right. Um, like, I don't mind. Okay, so for example, being a doctor and Asians tend to go hand in hand, um, which is which is fine, and I don't mind being a doctor sometimes. But if that's what I end up being cast a lot, then that kind of frustrates me because I'm like, well, I can do more things than that. Yeah. So that's kind of the stuff that I think about. Did you ever consider writing like your own script for like a, a movie or a commercial or something like that? Yeah, I have thought about it. Um, I kind of started talking about it with, um, Jason Schumacher, but <laughs> we never um, really finished that um, discussion. I I have a tendency um, to really because I love I do love writing and I, especially poetry. Yeah. Uh, but I tend to write when I'm feeling something in the moment. So getting myself to actually sit down and just write. A script is a little bit harder, so I would have to. I would have to. <laughs> well, I was just going to relate to you because I, I wrote my comic book, and yes, when I started, I had like three jobs. One was full time, 
Um, and I had this story in my brain that I had to get out. And you just sometimes you don't have the job. And all of a sudden, okay, and now I have a little window to start writing. And then when the opportunity arose when I start writing, then that's when you freeze up. You block out. Like, where, what do I do? And then you waste all your time figuring out where to go. And then you get your bearings and it's time to go back to bed. And so there's a lot more obstacles that people, I think, know or don't know when you start writing. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I totally relate to that, too, because during COVID, I felt like I did have more time to write this script. But um, yeah, I don't know if it was just like the stress of the world or just freezing up, like you said. But yeah, I just didn't get to it. <laughs> I always admit, and I, I think it's, it's everything in life. The first one is the most difficult. First time oh, sure. anything and first time writing, it's going to be more difficult. And, and my advice to anybody that's listening, if you ever want to be a writer, is the first thing is write more than you think you're going to get published because you can't cut nothing. It's rather it's hard to add. So, yeah, write write a huge novel maybe for your first time and maybe cut like 20% of it. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely do more than you think would ever be um, you ever be shown. That's my opinion. Yes, it's it's definitely good practice too. Because I feel like you can. It's not like riding a bike. I feel like you can kind of lose your skill if you don't like continue doing it and brainstorming. Oh, yeah. Not. It it did happen to me because I would have to illustrate my book, and then you go away for a couple of days because either a work or some other event happened in real life that you have to take care of, or somebody's sick and they have to tend to, and then you come back to your book and you realize you lost your artistic skill for a little bit and it takes <laughs> yeah and it takes a while to get your bearings back yeah mm-hmm. so do you have a little setup for your writing or are you kind of the people that could just write anywhere i could just write anywhere it just um i'm a woman of my mood so whenever <laughs> i'm inspired <laughs> i will i will write and do you have a little place where you keep them? Because it sounds like it's, it's almost like a spark and then you do it right away so do you have somewhere where you can collect them not just on instagram um i put it in my microsoft word and then instagram as well but yeah i don't i don't really have like a notebook or anything (laughs) that i put them in and so i don't know how would you categorize the 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 little impromptu writings are they poems or they're just like little drabs or little mentions or how would you describe it yourself um Sometimes they're poems and sometimes they're like essays, um, kind of commenting on the world and um, the things people are going through, I would say. So kind of like not just one singular event that sometimes you could write like a paragraph and other times it's just pages are pouring out of you. Yeah, pretty (laughs) much. (laughs) Do Do you have somebody else that edits or you're comfortable editing your own stuff? Um. I'm comfortable editing. I mean, it's probably always good to have another set of eyes to look at stuff. If I ever were to publish these things, definitely. (laughs) But I was an English lit major, so I guess I should know my English, right? (laughs) Maybe. I don't Maybe. Maybe. I always had a difficult thing of writing, and I I don't write it, but I always have to have somebody else look at my stuff because I write faster than my brain. 
And I oh will, yeah, I miss adverbs or a conjunction or whatever because I just I write really faster. I think I can understand the whole story, but um, the small little details I skip over. So like a big picture thing is very important to me and I focus on, but little stuff doesn't really get my attention. And I will write dialogue that seems silly, but to my brain it. It filled in the blanks, but my hand didn't fill in the rest of it. Yeah. So <laughs> I always need somebody to check my work. So, yeah. yeah. Do you, um, I think, I wanna, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I keep interrupting <laughs> you. <I> do, <laughs> no, no, you go ahead. What, uh, what, uh, so with English lit, are you able to, do you do reading? Do you do poems? Do you want to read other books? I used to read a lot, but. Um, especially once I started doing the modeling and acting stuff, it's been a bit harder yeah. to find the time. Um, so I end up just more um, reading like essays on. Um, there's this web- one website called Brain Pickings. Um, okay, I never heard of this. It's really cool. I I'm kind of a nerd, and I really like to. Um, I was also a sociology major, um, so they talk a lot about philosophical, sociological type things and like things that um, humanity deals with, um, and they, it'll show like essays and poems and um, various paragraphs from books that are um, related to that topic, so it's, it's super cool. You should check it out. From from just talking with you for a couple of minutes, I would I'm really interested in you doing the writing because I think we have such a wide spectrum of a background that anything that comes out would be just fascinating. <laughs> I th- I will love it. I think uh, yes. I think the next step, logical step for um, for you is to have a wonderful script written out. Well, thank you. You've motivated me. <laughs> <laughs> so I I will try. I heard that it's really good. Um, to just whenever you wake up, to just write a stream of thoughts, and then kind of gather all those thoughts together one day and write a script. I think it's just like anything else we talked about, Har. You have to constantly be in practice of it, and just mm-hmm. write out, maybe write out a little scene, write a, a paragraph. Um, one of my favorite authors is Philip K. Dick, who, who was was a very rigid self-disciplinarian, even though he did these wild, trippy stories. But he would, every morning, and he would shut off the world, and from 8 to 3, he would write. And that was his strict regiment. And uh, it's hard. I think that people, some people have to do that. And I'm I'm one. I would have to stick to a very stealth regiment to do any writing. And people like Kim uh, can do it just spontaneous and get started right away. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Hopefully, I can deliver a masterpiece someday. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love asking about writing. Uh, do you do outlines? Um, I do not. I should. <laughs> well, I know it's one That's of those. Nece- it's almost like those necessary tools. Like a plumber always has a hammer in his tool shed. It's almost like a writer always have to have an outline in somewhere in his toolkit. Yeah. yeah. Yes. An outline makes sense. <laughs> um, I actually bought this book um, recently that this director, Chris Cummings, told me about. It's I can't remember. Like, again, I can't remember titles, but it has this cat on it. It's a really popular book about how to write scripts. 
Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's a cat on it. I probably, I probably will. <laughs> I probably remember after we're done recording and then like message you or something. Okay. <laughs> well, the book with the cat on it. <laughs> um, it was really interesting. Um, kind of got me interested in writing the idea of writing scripts, um, but also just how to um, market because I feel like marketing is very important too. Yes, I, I would venture that if I ever went back in time for college, I would not just pursue like arts and films and actually would realize like going to marketing or business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, didn't Madonna do that? She knew she was going to be a good s- singer, so but she didn't get a, a degree in music. She got a degree in marketing. Oh, so I did she, not know that. <laughs> so she knew she was going to be a singer, and she's like, "I know how to sing. I know what I, I know how to make music. I don't care. I don't want a degree in music. I just want to know how I can market myself." And then she got a degree in marketing. That's smart because I think marketing is such a a valuable tool because you want to be able to. The goal, I feel like, of art is to share it with people and connect with them. Yeah. So to find how you can do that with others um, is helpful. And I struggle with how to market myself every day because you almost don't want to do too much. You don't want to do not a, you know, it's like a you have to find a fine little radar of what's perfect. Right. I'm always about balance, like. It's annoying if people post every 10 minutes about the things that they're doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it's nice to hear, though, when, when people are doing big stuff. So, yeah, balance is key. So when you watch other movies, uh, is it kind of, do you focus on the writing a little bit too? Because it, from, from what I gather is because um, listening from, you have a wonderful background um, when you're watching a movie that you can really a focus on the the acting the 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 costuming and the writing um is that something you focus too is also when you watch movies yeah um absolutely i a plot is obviously very important um to a movie and so um especially one of my favorite movies is Shawshank Redemption uh i just feel like the plot is amazing in that um, it captures so much uh, about society and yeah. different institutions, but it it doesn't like smack you in the face with it. It's like it's gradual and it feels like a conversation and it's simplistic and natural in a way, but still like has all this meaning to it. So I love when um, plots do that. And, and I really love when plots can um, reflect uh good and bad within an individual because I feel like it's not really any such thing as a good person or a bad person. <laughs> I think everyone's kind of struggling yes. and um, movies that can um, demonstrate that in their plots is, is cool to me. I always think and everybody lists their top movies and everything has a, a great protagonist. And I think if, especially if you're writing that you have to have the protagonist a little more convincing of their side not so much mm-hmm. that you understand just not so much that you would join them but you understand that it's a little more convincing that you a little more understand that they're not just doing it because of evil right yeah it's, it's yeah it's crazy how that works like someone who is um 
maybe technically a bad guy or criminal, like the Joker, for example. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's all over my wall down here in the studio. <laughs> yeah, so he's a bad guy, but like learning, and I, I didn't even watch the movie yet, I should, um, learning about his um, past and why he did the things that he did makes you connect with him more. So that's fascinating. It's hard. Is I, I believe if you, and I, I did it with my script, I want to make my sure my protagonists were very logical that you understand them and they were just motivated just to be bad, but they're actually... Um, what is, what is the popular saying? They're a he they're the protagonist is always the hero in their own mind. They think they are the champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is I believe it's the hardest thing to do is convince everybody this is not an awful evil thing that they're fighting, but there is somebody a little more convincing. Yeah. Yes. Protagonists always have the best lines, though. If you want to write good material, protagonists always have the best lines to say. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> Well, I know this is interview is technically about me, but I'm excited because I saw that you just published your comic book, right? Yes, yes. Well, I, it's self-published, but too. yes, yeah. Cool. Okay. I need to get it. Read I it. would. I would love to send you a copy. I, I will. Um, but thank you very much. It was a long process. I've been working on it since 2008. Oh my gosh! Wow. So that's amazing. I I I, I don't consider myself a writer. But it had a story. It's one of those things when you have a story in your brain and it has to get out somewhere or the another. And I'm not going to stop. So, but yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, one last question before we go. Uh, with the with the the writing and everything, um, what would you like to? What was your next step? What's your next step for you? Well, um, I would like to do more film eventually. Um, Someone sent me an audition yesterday that it's, it sounds really cool. It's like a series, but it's kind of on a it's an artistic take. So well, you got me there. I love anything artistic. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna audition for that, and then um, I do have a few uh, short. I have a short film that where I was just part of the ensemble, but I'm excited for it to get submitted to um, different film festivals. Um, it's called "She Hurt My Feelings in Yoga Class." It's a comedy. <laughs> That's a, I like the title, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun to make. Um, and then Toussaint uh, Morrison did the Van Dusens, and I was in—I um, was a counselor in one of the episodes. And it's supposed to—it was supposed to show in June in the. Parkway Theater, but because of COVID, it didn't. So I think they moved it to September 12th. Hopefully, okay. it'll still work out. And that's uh, that's Tucson's film. What was it called again? It's called The Van Dusens. It's about a biracial family. Yeah. 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 And it, uh, uh, Parkway is the uh, movie theater here, an independent movie theater here in Minneapolis. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, but otherwise, I would, you know, eventually it's hard to find the time <laughs> but right. i do want to get um just to do a little more film just because i feel like i could um really explore different characters and explore emotions a little more than i can with commercials so that would be fun well we definitely here at the show will look forward to anything that you have coming up but we would love to share awesome yeah well kim I would have to say thanks for coming on the show. It's been a wonderful experience. 
Yeah, it was a pleasure talking to you. I'm glad we finally got to chat. <laughs> yeah, and once uh, the whole COVID thing, and um, once we get relaxed, that's hopefully we can have you in the studio again. All right, sounds good. Um, Kim, before we go, uh, everybody here that listens, you, the the show isn't over till the guest says it's over. All right, it's over. Yes, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs>